Welcome into the Horror's Edge podcast. My name is Phil. And I'm Stacy. And this is a podcast devoted to reviewing and breaking down horror movies, both new and old, good and downright fucking terrible with me. Somebody who loves horror movies and always has. And me, who married into it. Uh, we're still a relatively new podcast, and with that being said, if you enjoyed today's show, please make sure to subscribe, share it with your friends to help us grow. But the best way they can truly help us out is by dropping a review. Reviews are truly the best way to help our small podcast grow and branch out, introduce some new viewers. And the best part of it is it takes you about 10 seconds. Go ahead and click the uh, five star and Apple, Spotify, Anchor, wherever the hell it is that you listen to this podcast. Takes you absolutely no time. Helps us out absolutely tremendously and we would very much appreciate it. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those uh, social things at the Horror's Edge. Uh, this is the best way they can get in contact uh, with us, whether as through the direct messages or commenting on one of the posts that we share. Uh, let us know what you thought of the podcast. Let us know what you thought of the movie. If you have a differing opinion, like many of you will on today's episode, I'm sure, uh, throw it in the comments. Let us know what you thought of it. I know this is a very, very highly loved movie, and speaking of the movie, today we are discussing 1987's Evil Dead 2. Uh, this is a movie that I saw probably twice when I was a kid, uh, when it was on the TV. Don't have great memories of it. I remember loving the cover art when I would walk through my local video store and rented the movie a couple of times, despite first time that I watched it, I didn't really like it. Mm -hmm. uh, but obviously, I have seen a lot more horror up to this point, so maybe my uh, viewpoint has changed on it. Have you ever seen this before? Never before. That's why I thought the only one prior to watching the first one for the podcast that you saw was the remake, right? Correct. Okay. Did you know, obviously you knew of the Evil Dead franchise, and I think that we discussed this very briefly when we were talking about the first one, but what did you know about this franchise? Because this movie today obviously is going to vastly what you think change what you think of the franchise, I'm sure, but did you think of it as a goofy, like slapstick style horror movie prior to watching this? I didn't know what to go into this movie, the second movie, um, compared to the first. And, yeah, I would say that it was a lot more on the over-the-top kind of cheesy comedy side. Well, I know that it was, but were you expecting that at all? No. Uh, besides me telling you, hey, buckle up, you're in for a ride. No, I wasn't expecting it at all. Okay, let's dive into what you thought of it. Uh, we're going to keep this relatively spoiler-free, so if you haven't listened to any of our other episodes, we're going to do a quick uh, what our thoughts were of the movie, uh, how it overall is, and then we'll break into spoilers later, later on. So way that we rate things around here is 1 through 10. 1, dog shit terrible. 10, absolutely amazing. You need to watch this movie. 5, it's a perfectly fine average movie. You can put it on. It's not going to offend you. At the same time, it, it's also not going to be sending any letters home. What did you think of this movie? So I actually gave it the same rating as the first. Um, and that is because I was going to rate it lower. But the comedy kind of got it knocked up. Um, the graphics, obviously, I know it's an older movie. So taking that into consideration, I did give them a leeway because it is hard to compare like a newer horror movie with something that's obviously dated but 
you still should be able to watch a movie and even with the graphics have have it kind of age over time like properly and I don't think that it did um the props in this movie were so (laughs) over the top it was it was laughable excuse me (coughs) it was laughable um the acting especially one particular character um a lead character had me giggling for probably not the right reasons but I focused on it um as I call it eyebrow acting he did a lot of it yeah and the story to me was very loose and very confusing. I asked you before we started this movie and I still don't feel like I got the answer. <laughs> so nope. the the story in it was very vague and did not tie up any loose ends that I was hoping to tie up. So yeah, I gave it a four. Gotcha. Please don't come at me in the comments. <laughs> no, they're going to come at me because I only gave this a two out of ten. Okay. Uh, I do... I remember not enjoying this movie as a kid. Um, I haven't watched it in years. It has been a very long time since I've seen this movie. I'm saying like 20 years probably. And my thoughts of it gave it more credit than it deserves. I really don't enjoy this movie at all. Um, This movie is two movies mashed up into one, not knowing where it wants to be. And doesn't fully go in either direction. The The gore took a huge step back from the first movie. First movie, it was everywhere. And it was very cool. Uh, it was very much in your face. This one had a lot of it. But it was so over the top. And it, it took such a completely, tonally different style than the first movie like the first thing that comes to my head is texas chainsaw wars you haven't seen those yet the first one is very very much taking itself seriously it's a super gritty movie and then the second one is just like this slapsticky how the fuck did we get here type of movie um and it didn't work for me one bit i know people fucking love this movie they really do this is some people's favorite movie like horror movie of all time, uh, especially the next one that we're going to dive into. I was um, like, this is technically horror. We, we've discussed what horror is, but I was thinking about that through the entire movie of like, how am I going to rate this based on kind of like my horror checklist? And it hit a lot of those marks, but it, it does not feel like something that is going to scare me, which nope. That that there's a lot of movies that we've watched in the past that have not actually terrified me, but it is such a fine line between like a comedy and a horror movie, and and I agree with you in the fact that it takes two different paths, but none of them cross each other, yeah. and and you don't go in either direction, and and that's what I mean. It, it's a very confusing movie in the beginning. I feel like they started to lay out a line, um, a story, and a plot. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, we're not really sure if we can do that. So then let's go this direction. And it completely lost me. And this is technically a sequel, if I'm understanding correctly. Mm-hmm. It, I was so lost. I, I did not understand from the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And I appreciate you jumping in while I'm giving my uh, review of what I thought of this. That's very uh, kind and uh, 
super awesome of you. I appreciate that because I gave you the space and you did the favor of returning it to me. And that's very kind, generous. So let's let's give her a hand, guys. Uh, <laughs> always always looking out for my best interests. <laughs> it, it's funny because uh, when we first started this podcast off, uh, the first episode, I was like, "Stacy, you got to talk more. You got to talk more." And then she'll do this thing where she dives in and talks over me and just like completely side rails what I'm saying. (laughs) And then at the end of it, she's like, well, you always tell me to talk more. Yeah, not when I'm fucking speaking, though. (laughs) Just Um, off to a great start. Yeah, I enjoy it when uh, you fuck up and then I get to call you out on it. That's like one of my faves. (laughs) So um, but overall, this movie, to me, there's very, very few parts in it that i i truly enjoyed i i mean my son said that he had a good time with it and i think that's because i was forcing laughter out of myself to try and act like i was enjoying it <laughs> so that way he would enjoy it as well and he did uh the slapstick style comedy is the type of stuff that he's into so maybe he'll be in that camp that this is one of his favorite horrors of all time maybe but just for me it, it, the the jokes didn't hit most of them it's a couple things here and there did the horror there was nothing scary about this movie from start to finish with a very very small exception which we'll get into the practical effects were mostly done to be a joke and it wasn't funny to me so therefore they were terrible um it, it, this is a huge downstep from Evil Dead 1, which I thought was slightly above average to begin with. So this movie is just, I get who it's for, but it's not for me, I guess is the best way that I can put it. Um, and it's very disappointing because I wanted to jump back into the series and love it. Um, I think that we said this during the last one, my f- absolute favorite of this franchise is... And spoiler, come time that we get to it, the remake. Love the remake. Absolutely love it. That's a top five horror movie of all time for me. Uh, It is absolutely awesome. But it takes the little pieces of the first two movies I've seen so far that I absolutely love and cranks them up to 11. And all the stuff that I hate, it's like, yeah, we hate that too. We're getting rid of it. Which, in a way, is a slap in the face to true Evil Dead fans because it's very different from the Evil Dead franchise. Uh, So I'd be very curious when I get to that one and what people think of it. But that's more my style, whereas this one is just not for me. But let's dive into it. Let's get into spoilers. Um, I think that I like the way that we did it last time to where we just kind of talk things through and not go scene by scene by scene. Uh, so this movie opened up so once again spoilers if you have not seen this movie and it sounds like you're a cup of tea you're not into something that's super scary but you're into something that is funny and just complete over the top goofiness this is probably a movie for you uh, we didn't find it streaming on anywhere but it is on the places that you can rent videos I think that we paid four bucks to watch it but best bets always hop on ebay and just buy the trilogy of them or yeah. something like that and then you can rewatch them whenever you re- want to rewatch them but i know that they're not going to be for me so that is what it is uh so let's dive into it uh from what i remember this movie opened up with kind of like a recap 
it's talking about the Necronomicon. It yes. actually starts saying the Necronomicon, yes. <laughs> which is exactly where I remember it from. I, in the original uh, movie, I don't think that it said it once. Uh, it was just a book that they found, which kind of made it more real. Uh, but now, in the recap, the archaeologist is calling it the Necronomicon a bunch of times. <laughs> Yeah. Which it's the same exact tape that they had in the first one. Which, let's get into that. So you asked me, is this movie a sequel? And I said yes. You lied. To what me. I did not say is yes, but also no. <laughs> it, that, <laughs> it that's is. what threw it, me off from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So this is a sequel, but it's also a reboot at the same time. Uh, and they kind of said that and some of the trivia stuff, whereas they wanted to keep aspects of the original, like, the, but also kind of make it its own thing, which is super fucking weird because you're basically saying all the stuff in the first movie didn't happen, but it also kind of did because maybe it's a parallel universe type of deal. It's just weird. It, uh, it really threw me from the beginning because... I remember how the first one ended. So then to kind of see it restart yep. with the exact same two characters from what I can remember, they're both named the exact same way. Yeah, they are the same people. It it threw me. And then the entire rest of the movie, I'm thinking, how is this? How is this going? Like, how are we forgetting what just <clears throat> took place? So from the beginning, it just it threw me, and then I was questioning everything after that, and I really didn't think that they needed to start the movie that way. I feel like they might have been able to kind of do a start. continuation, right? I think it would have worked really well, but yes, it it gave me a lot of weirdness because I was like, well, why is he giving this necklace that was his ex's? And then I was like, oh wait, that's actually. Not his ex, that's yeah, his current that's girlfriend. Linda from the first one. Now, keep in mind, they are different actresses that play the people. Yes. Which, once again, weird. So, Linda this time is played by Denise Bixler, whereas in the original Evil Dead, uh, Linda was played by Betsy Baker. Uh, Ash, obviously, is played by Bruce Campbell in both films. So, that's the only reoccurring character that I saw that was going on from the first to the yes. second. However, Linda was the character uh, right. that was his girlfriend in the first one that he ended up killing. Right. Uh, she was one of the spirits. So when you see her in here at the beginning, you're like, okay, this is kind of weird. Is that the same one? Is Ash just bringing a random girl there? And uh, this time the plot that they're doing is like, uh, hey, I know about this abandoned cabin in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. How do you know it's abandoned? Well, I think that's abandoned. Let's just go there. And that's what kind of threw me from the beginning is because I'm like, okay, so maybe he just, because like, he wasn't possessed, if I remember correctly. He wasn't possessed or he got possessed. In the first one? Yes. No. No, he never was. So that that was my thought is like, maybe he saw what was happening. So his like kick is like to take these like random girls there to like murder them. Yeah, it it really lost me in the in the first five minutes of the film. And it's not like it ever reels you back in. The story of this uh, movie isn't really a story. Um, it has ideas that it thinks are stories, yeah. but it's really not. So, like the if I were to give this a plot synopsis, it would be something along the lines of Ash travels to cabin in the woods with girlfriend, where evil spirits. Uh, come to life via an archaeologist 
And there's also like some other people who happen to show up that try and screw the archaeologist kids out of money. But then they walk through a mysterious place in the woods to get to the cabin with ash and spirits and uh, things happen, but then they unhappen and then more things happen. And they, it, it's like a five-year-old trying to give you a story that they gave you like, hey, can you write me a horror movie? No. Well, go ahead and try anyway. Yeah. Uh, it's so dysfunctional and a good analogy is like weird. when you ask a kid to draw a car and no. a little kid that draws a car you has like a square and two circles. It, it's the weirdest car because it doesn't look like a car, but it sort of looks like a car because it has the components of a car. Yeah. It has the wheels, the, you know, the windows on the car sort of a shape of a car that's how i would put this movie yeah. it's if you would ask like a kindergartner to draw you a car and this is what you would get it's just weird like uh so one thing that i saw in here often considered to be a remake of the evil dead 1981 however this is not accurate the rights to show scenes from the the rights to show scenes from the original could not be obtained to recap to what happened, so the beginning was remade to explain how Ash got to the cabin, etc. Like, then why the fuck are we calling this Evil Dead Two? Is that yeah. because it's some type of cash grab that they were trying to go off of the popularity of the first one? Uh, What's the time difference it's, between? It's not them? like it worked. Uh, six years. Okay. Evil Dead 1 came out in 81. This one came out in Evil, uh, 87. Okay. Um, and it's not like it worked because budget-wise, this was given a lot more money. Like, a lot. This had $3.6 million compared to the first one, I believe, having $350,000 or something like that. Um, yeah, 350000 This movie in box office made $807,000 collectively worldwide it ended up making money but it didn't make a ton it was at 5.9 million so it didn't double um and i saw something in here like they couldn't even get people to give them money they had to go to stephen king yet again and <laughs> so uh the director sam raimi credits stephen king for making the sequel because the popularity of the original uh, Rami couldn't acquire enough money to fund the film, so Stephen King had to make phone calls because he was a big fan of the original and finally convinced financiers to give Rami the money that he needed to wow. make this. And I watched the movie, and I'm like, where the hell did the money go? Because this had ten times the budget of the original and looks five times worse than the original yeah. in almost every way. Yeah. Um speaking of that can can we go to the scene of right after ash cuts off linda's head and it's like whatever yep and then he's in the woods and it's like a fucking ken doll <laughs> that's like floating and like going woo, 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 back and forth in the You're woods talking about the stop motion dance scene it's uh it's after linda gets cut his ass cuts her head off and like it's just him in oh the frame. yeah 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 and it legit is like a Ken doll. The, the spirit, that's when the spirit takes into him and yes. throws him back. Yes. So you have the same uh, camera angle that you have as the spirit's going through the woods, which is awesome. I love seeing it. But now you have Ash in front of it, and it's like he's on a string, and occasionally they'll just spin the camera, and he's like, but, but they don't. They, Wacky, kids. They don't even use him the entire time. It legitimate is a doll yeah it's a it's a gi joe ken doll whatever you yeah. want to call it 
it looked so terrible. And that's when I said, okay, so this is obviously not a continuation of this other movie because it just was like, it threw me out of the entire viewing of this movie. It, it had me dying because it, it didn't look like him at all. Yeah. Like they didn't even try to, to hide the fact that they obviously can't throw him through the woods with a spirit, but it just was so bad. I couldn't. It was, it was rough. So he buried uh, Linda, and then he, after he does all that, he wakes back up because uh, once the sun comes up, then everything's okay again, according to this new lore that they produced. So Ash was possessed, but now the sun came up, so he's no longer possessed, and he makes it back to the cabin, and then it becomes night again. And then Linda comes out of the grave and does this like weird <laughs> stop motion dance, dance thing without a head. And then the head comes rolling out of yes. the ground and <laughs> pops back on the head. And I'm like, is this supposed to be scary for Ash? Or is he supposed to be laughing? Like, I don't know what they're going for here because it's neither. It's not funny. It It's not even remotely scary. I, I guess if this were happening to you, it would be scary. And what they do through this entire movie with all of the characters, but particularly Ash and Linda that I've caught on to, is when they have them possessed or they're they're filled with a spirit or whatever, and they change forms, they don't even try to match like what they look like. Yeah. When Linda was dancing in the woods, like she legitimate was like a skeleton without a head, but it was like the skinniest Again, it looked like a child made it, like out of Play-Doh or whatever. Yeah, stop motion. Yes. And there's other scenes throughout where they do with Ash where he doesn't look like the same actor, um, like the stunt doubles or whatever. But they don't even try to kind of match. They did better with Ash. I will say that. The, yes, there is. The possessed Ash looked more like Ash. Yes, there's one scene where he's not possessed where they we can get into that later, but... But this part in particular with Linda doing the, the dancing in the woods, super odd, super awkward. Yeah. Didn't really work for me. Again, I understand it, it's a dated movie. And, and you'll hear me say that throughout this entire podcast. But you should be able to take a movie and still be able to rewatch it and not have so many like issues with the graphics and the props. Just because of the age of the movie, I would say. So, uh, without shitting on every single part of this movie, there there was one uh, section where I thought that they were going in the right direction. So, after the scene of the dancing headless lady, um, he looks in the mirror and another version of Ash comes out and tries to grab him and tries to choke himself. And then he kind of like looks around and it was him choking himself. Um and then his hand starts to become affected and attack himself. And uh, I thought that this could have turned into a pretty cool idea to where all this is in Ash's head. Yes. Like something happened. He became possessed in that possession. made him come in and out of what's reality. It blurred the lines. But very clearly goes to prove that that's not the case here. Um so he cuts his own hand off with the chainsaw, and the hand r- acts like a rat at that point. It goes through the wall, and 
it's hide from him doing some Tom and Jerry stuff. He has a shotgun. He shoots through the wall, and the wall just almost like a fucking fire hydrant yes. turns on, gushing <laughs> blood out of so many different holes, and there's so much blood coming out. And then all of a sudden it stops, and there's just like a little drop of blood that's coming through the yeah. holes in the walls. What? Why do we not have this cabin just filled with blood? Like, that would have been a pretty cool thing to deal with, having a half an inch of blood throughout this cabin as they're running around. But, nope, there's none. There's some green stuff around, and that's that, it. That's where I get confused. Why all of a sudden was he covered in green goop after that scene? I don't know. It, it didn't make sense. He had it before. Uh, you could see the green mold on his shirt when he was attacking himself through the mirror. Yeah. Uh, so I'm assuming that came from when he was outside. Okay. Because uh, he woke up in that puddle. I'm assuming that there was... Moss uh, or something. Uh, yeah. That scene where you're talking about him through the mirror, I did appreciate the scene. But where it threw me is when, obviously, it's you can't have the same actor because it's one person. But... It looked so bad when he was facing, you could see his actual face, and he's facing a stunt double or, or a body double or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And it didn't even look realistic that they tried to match him. His face shape and the haircut wasn't even similar. And it's something that bothered me enough to be like, what the heck? Like, I get that they're not going to always look the same, but get the same haircut. They didn't even have the same facial hair and haircut that the other guy had it didn't make sense to me see that didn't jump out to me i didn't see that but again we pick up on different things that's why i love this and back to the the fire hydrant or whatever fire hose in the wall what i did like is they did throw it back to the first movie where the light bulb turned red and you had that um red tint to the camera yeah you can definitely tell the same director I did appreciate that, and I did like that, and they did it once more, not with the tint, but with the the blood, the way that the blood was splattered on his face. Yeah. And I appreciated that you kind of tied those two together. Again, I'm thinking this is one and one, they're hand in hand in a movie, so I, I liked the fact that they kind of tied all that together. So, <laughs> up next is what's the wackiest scene of this movie, and... That's when the deer head on the wall starts becoming possessed, <laughs> and it's like yelling at him, like, yeah. and then the lamp starts moving, Yes, and some other things start moving. It, they start laughing. They have the laugh from Linda in the first movie, and everything in this room is starting to laugh and shake up and down, and he's looking down at the lamp, and he's jumping up and down as the lamp's moving up and down, and, whoo, like... I'm sure people find this funny, people who love this movie, but I sat there and I said, what is going on? It was very confusing. The entire house joined in on this like inside joke that nobody else heard. Like I, I didn't, I didn't understand the placement of that. I mean, the seat cushions were laughing. The lamp was laughing. Yeah. The dishes were laughing. And if it kept the concept that it had a few minutes before to where this is a descent into madness, this is all in his head, okay. Uh, right. We can have some wacky, zany stuff like that, but I, I don't think it is. I, I, it, it, I couldn't tell. <laughs> uh, and it just, 
You're asking the wrong person. Because all. I was just as confused in the beginning as I was halfway through this movie. Yep. So uh, he's smashing plates into his own head and uh, all this other wacky stuff. And it, okay. <laughs> uh, and it's at this time that we finally see um, Annie and her boyfriend, husband, something. I, I don't know what their relationship is. Bro- brother. No, I definitely think there's like a like boyfriend, a boyfriend or husband. husband. I think that was the what they were going for yeah they didn't really say it but it kind of seemed that way now what was that dude's name because i don't know if it said it at all is that ed i think that's ed okay i think so we'll go with ed so they look like they just got back from some archaeologist dig site or she randomly got back from some archaeologist dig site and she found more pages from the Necronomicon. So supposedly there were pages ripped out towards the end of that book, and she found them, somehow found all of them. Um, so she wants to go to the cabin to meet with her dad and continue his work with him, basically. And so now we're finding out whose cabin that is now that Ash just decided, hey, I know a random cabin in the middle of the woods, in the <laughs> middle of nowhere, that somehow I know exactly where it is, but it's miles away from fucking anything. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, I can't even tell how we got to the next parts here, but they end up getting over to the house. Looks it, like Ash did everything. Yeah, they met up with like a tow truck driver. Oh, yeah. I don't want to say anything, but it's very hillbilly. Uh, I think his name is Jake. Yeah, Jake and Bobby Joe. Bobby Joe. Are the two people that they meet up with. (laughs) And the bridge is obviously destroyed, just like it was in the first one. They're like, oh yeah, we know a way around, but we'll take you there for $4,100? Yeah, And, and your first glimpse of Bobby Joe should tell you how this movie goes. She's spitting tobacco. Yeah. Like, not the guy. The girl. She is. Yeah. Very odd. But he is the 100% typical in every single movie's hillbilly, like, gas station harbinger of doom type of guy. Yeah. Yet she's the one that's spitting tobacco. And... Uh, which it's a weird little d- dynamic that they got going on, <laughs> but, I mean, very okay. Very odd. Very odd. Um... So they end up making it to the house, and it's a neat little scene to where the house is just destroyed. They obviously think that Ash killed their parents, or her parents. Yeah. Um, So they throw Ash into the basement, and they're listening to the tape recording, which still love. I love hearing that tape recording go off. Mm -hmm. I can listen to that for half the movie, and I'd be like, that is absolutely awesome, because it's... The demeanor of his voice as he's doing the recording, it that, that is the one to two things in this movie that I would truly say are awesome. Like, awesome horror stuff. I love yeah. watching it. Um, so you find out that uh, the father um, messed up by reading from the Book of the Dead, and it caused the spirits to come alive, and he had to kill... His wife. his wife, but he didn't have the balls to basically chop her up into pieces like you have to. You're supposed to rip the arms off, legs off, head off, the whole nine. He said they just buried him in this, the basement. 
which is where Ash just got thrown yeah. in. So now you have the possessed uh, Henrietta in the basement uh, start attacking Ash. Which, she looked crazy. Yeah, she did look funky. Didn't look like a woman at all. No, I definitely and thought that's not a woman. Was it played by a woman? No, it's paid, played by a dude. Uh, Ted Rami? Rami? Something like that. Yeah, it definitely um, was a, a bigger build. Yeah. I, I don't want to, you know, I guess, stereotype, but definitely did not look like a woman. It was um, very bulky. The, the suit or whatever they were using the the costume just looked... it was weird because later on uh henrietta changes back into her mom and it looks nothing that's what like i mean they didn't the, uh possessed and the weird thing is ash kept calling her a witch like right we're dealing with the book of the dead we're dealing with possession where does this idea of a witch come about yeah. out of nowhere i caught that um too. and it, he kept saying it Man, it's not a witch. It's a possessed person. Yeah. What what are, what are we doing here? Like this is literally this girl's mom. Right. <laughs> it's not a witch. Right. Um, but whatever. Uh, so one cool thing that Henrietta does is towards the end of this movie, uh, Jake uh, gets stabbed, and she's uh, what's her name? Annie's trying to get him away. And she's dragging him, dragging him, dragging him, and then drops him down. But she dropped him down right in front of the trap door, and then she just jumps out and pulls him in. And that was pretty neat. But then it gets slapsticky again to where the fire hydrant of blood comes turned on again. Yeah. You know, it just looks like a, a, a freaking gusher of blood coming out uh, that could have never happened. So, once again, the gore is there, but... It, it's also not because it's literally just it looks like a red fire hydrant yeah like a fire hose it's too much over the top that it's not even close to being realistic yeah you either have to have it realistic or not realistic you can't kind of blur the lines every every different kill like it it didn't feel like it should have been placed there it was too much yeah uh, so, so what are some of the other things that you liked that they did throughout this? One thing that I did want to ask is, in the beginning, Ash had given Linda this necklace. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like hinted at through a lot of the movie. And I was very curious on what this necklace had to do. If there was like a meaning behind it. Because towards the end of the movie, he's holding it. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden, he like goes back to not being possessed. Like, was there... A connection with that i don't think so what it did is it brought his human side to the forefront at all because linda meant so much to him that's what i got out of that and because you got a physical uh object from the person that you cared so much about it brings the human side back out and it makes you that way you're strong enough to fight the possession out that makes sense um i did have another question yep so how come ash turns sometimes but not all the time with like, so Annie's mom was like possessed or, or in that demon state, which would assume that it's dark and, and that's why. Mm -hmm. But then Ash wasn't as they were fighting them. Like, that's where my confusion was is because sometimes he was the possessed one. Yeah. With everybody else. And then sometimes but not he much at all. Yeah. Um, so once he fought it off, he didn't become possessed again. Uh, so I think he fought it out of him when 
he uh, saw the net necklace because it didn't happen again. And something had to have triggered it for it to happen again for the first time. I, I didn't catch on to what that was exactly. But there were two distinct times that he was possessed throughout the movie. So the first one is when there was the Ken doll uh, type of deal. And uh, then he became possessed. But then the sun came up and it made it that way. The spirit left him. It couldn't stay in him like that. The second time, I didn't catch on directly to what made him get possessed, but then he fought it out of him. Hmm. So I think that is the difference right there. Now, while you're possessed, you can go back and forth as yes. much as you want to try and deceive people, but I don't think that's what was happening there. Yeah. Uh, I think that there were two different times that he got possessed and two different times that he fixed it. One was through his love for Linda and one was through the sun. Um, well, and he cut his hand off. Yep. And then like bandaged it up and then later in the movie ended up making a kick-ass um, chainsaw hand. Groovy. Not a kick-ass, a groovy chainsaw <laughs> hand. Yeah, I, I misspoke. That chainsaw hand was ridiculous. I love it. That, that's one of yeah. the best, uh, like, that's the type of humor that I like throughout this movie is how the, he's got a fucking thing that he put on his vest to put the chain for the chain, the uh, pull cord for the chainsaw so that way he could start just by ripping his arm out. Yeah. That's goofy. That's zany. It's awesome. I yeah. enjoy that. And they even hint towards it at the beginning as they're looking through the Necronomicon. It kind of hints towards the end because it shows Ash in a desert wasteland with a chainsaw uh, in his hand and saying he's the person to keep the deadites away. So it's prophesizing Ash, and Ash is like, man, looks like he did a shitty job, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, he's talking literally about himself in the past, and he doesn't realize it. So it does some things really well, but it, there's so much that it doesn't stick. Um, so the other thing that I thought that they did pretty well was when, what's her name, Billy Joe? Billy Joe? Bobby. Bobby. Bobby, uh, Bobby Joe. Yeah. So Bobby Joe went out into the woods and she starts uh, getting wrapped up by trees. It was actually a pretty intimidating scene yes. when the branches are wrapping around her and they do really good camera work of where they're staring at her. The camera's in front of her eye and the eye is wide open and just looking from left to right but clearly she can't move because all these vines are wrapping around her. That was pretty terrifying. Yes. But that it completely took the terrifying away when the vines start ripping her through the woods just like... Dragging uh, her. Like yeah. behind a car. Yeah, it looked like a car was dragging her because these vines clearly did not come from 10 miles away and just rip it <laughs> ripcord itself back in with that scene uh, i thought they did a good job because it looked like it, the vines were going down her throat and you can mm -hmm. actually see it like starting going in her mouth i thought that was pretty cool with the camera work and how they were able to achieve that to me that was the scariest scene throughout the whole movie and it was done very well for that five to ten seconds <laughs> Uh, but then it completely threw all the good that it was doing away. Uh, and the inconsistencies that this movie has, like he, Ash has to go back into the basement to find pages that were just tossed in there. And he goes in previously. These stairs were fucking destroyed. They go and in and now they can walk through them like they are perfect again. Right. And that that's what gets me is like when they first threw... 
something down or whatever, you get this visual and it looks like the steps are like 10 stories tall. And then the next time you see the steps, you can just walk down and it's like nothing. But then flash forward to later on in the movie and he's like actually walking like uh, like a super deep cellar. But if you look at the house, the house wouldn't have that big of a cellar. It, it's the inconsistencies of like even throughout the movie when you're throwing it back to a different scene. It doesn't look like it's from the same house. Very odd. Yeah. The basement didn't seem like the same setup as the first movie either, which that doesn't bother me because this movie kind of treats itself like its own thing. Uh, But so he finds the first page right there. Then the other pages were in a completely different room (laughs) and somehow... They were just soaked in blood and mud and all this other stuff. He hands it up to her. She's like, ah, perfect. Can read every bit of it. Yeah, and he throws it up the steps. <laughs> pages are supposed to be like 3,000 years old or something. Yeah, he throws it up the steps and she catches it like all together. Like well, it was, of course like, she stable. would because they're all freaking caked together with mud. Mm. So they, they would stick, but then you'd never be able to read it. Yeah. Secondly, you try and get that mud off that page. It's <laughs> disintegrating into nothing. Uh, it, which, whatever, it's a movie. I get it. It's going to have inconsistencies, but now, it's too much. When Ash, when Ash was fighting the mother, the, what was her name? Uh, Henrietta. Yeah. When, when, cause first, um, Annie was fighting her mom and then Ash started fighting her. What in the world? She was like a blown up marshmallow person yeah she looked like a bloater from last of us almost that's who i'm thinking of (laughs) and what was with the monkey sounds i don't know Uh, same thing as sounds from the first one with the laughing and all that it's just it was so oddly placed so weird how every time they see possessed it's something completely different which is cool in a way uh, that all these things are super creative and super different, but they also don't flow together. Uh, speaking of which, what did you think of the ultimate baddie? So you find out that in order to fix all this, you need to say two different spell incantations. One will bring the spirit to a physical being, and one will open up a portal and send that spirit away, basically, uh, to kind of cleanse the area. So they read the first spell, and you have these trees come alive, and then you get this giant fucking head of a thing that busts through the door and yeah, starts coming in. Head. Uh, what did you think of that thing? <laughs> it looked interesting. It, it kind of had what you would imagine maybe a devil would look like. It mm-hmm. was red. Um, it just was odd. Like, I don't. When I'm thinking, when they're talking about reading this passage to make it into the flesh. I'm assuming it would be like maybe somebody they would know, uh, like a human being. Um, maybe it would be Ash's girlfriend, Linda, and she would come in the flesh. I think that would have made more sense than some talking head that was kind of a tree, but not a tree. Um, that's where I thought they were going with it. <laughs> the crew nicknamed that thing Rotten Applehead. And supposedly it was too large and cumbersome for the crew to carry it back uh, to California. So they just left it in North Carolina where they filmed and it kind of disappeared for a very, very long time. And this movie became a cult cult classic for many, many people. So people were trying to find it. And eventually it was found at some haunted, a random Halloween haunted house 
as an attraction just outside of the shooting location <laughs> in North Carolina. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, and they probably didn't even know what they had. Yeah. Like, that thing was probably worth a shit ton of money to the right buyer because people truly do love this. Yeah. And uh, they ha- probably had no idea what they had. What did you think of that scene? I thought that it was okay. Uh, reminded me very much of the first movie when the giant hands came out of them. Uh, so I thought that it was pretty cool. Uh, the practical effects for it were very neat. When Ash hits its eye with the chainsaw and then it gushes out, oozes stuff that very much reminded me of the practical effects of the first one that I liked a lot. Yeah. Um, that was, to me, some of the best practical effects. The best of the best was Possessed Ash. They did a very good job with making Ash, Ash a uh, possessed guy. His uh, direct possession, I keep saying it, it looked very neat. Uh, very much reminded me of him. Right. But at the same time, completely turned, which well, they did a good job with it. That's where I was I was going. I don't understand how you can, you can in the same movie, have something that works great and it looks amazing because it is very similar to the actor or actress even though it's a different version of them, how they can do that with one actor, but then they can't figure it out with the other ones. Because there was nothing similar with all of the other possessed people. Because even with the mother, the mother was different from the first time she was possessed to the second yep. time, to where it was. It felt like a completely different movie because there was no similarities. And again, I understand that they don't always have to look the same and... and that's part of the illusion of they can change forms or whatever, but it's it's so far of a jump that it just takes you out of the realistic part of that. Yeah. So this movie apparently was very hard for them to get made because of how much blood it has inside of it, which absolutely amazing because none of it looks real. Nothing about this movie even screamed rated R to me. <laughs> In all honesty, it looks like this could be considered a PG-13 movie today. And they had to... So at the beginning of the movie, you know how it says all the companies that help produce or whatever. The first one was Rosebud. And this... the <laughs> Which, that's funny because that reminds me of a totally different thing. The it, Rosebud Motel from Schitt's Creek. It's not even a real institution. What? So the producer was forbidden to release an unrated movie through his own company. So Rosebud was created specifically so that way they could release Evil Dead 2. They made a fake uh, production company so that way they could release it because his current contract said you cannot have an unrated movie. Is that legal? Yeah, well, they did it. So who hmm. knows? Interesting. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty cool one. Um, so... The last thing that I like is Badass Ash, Groovy yes. Ash, uh, when he goes and he attaches the chainsaw to his arm, has the sawed-off shotgun, that's groovy. Yeah. And I really enjoy that last three minutes or so of the movie when he's full-out Ash. Uh, that is what you think of when you think of Ash, if you know anything about the Evil Dead series. It took them so long to get to that, and if they did that shortly after his hand was cut off and then he was that for two-thirds of the movie, I think that I would have liked it a lot more. Um, But we'll see how that portrays when we move into the next film. So Army of Darkness is the third one in this. That's actually what 
the director wanted to do for the second one. He wanted to be a. Uh, uh, he wanted to toss the character of Ash through a time portal into the Middle Ages, uh, which ended up becoming the third one. So he wanted the third one to be the second one. But I'm guessing in order to get the money, excuse me, he had to change what his original thoughts were for this movie. I feel like watching the end of this, The Evil Dead 2, and um, kind of how it ends, I feel like I'm not going to be super surprised with number three mm-hmm. in the fact that I feel like I've seen bits and pieces of it because you must have watched it because... I'd never watched it with really? you. Yeah. It the, the ending of this movie looked so familiar to me. You know what, man? maybe I started it and then just never finished it. It just looked very familiar, but I could be wrong. I, I, I've been known to put a bad horror movie or two <laughs> on just to pass some time. Like, oh, Evil Dead, uh, Army of Darkness. I remember hating this. Quick, <laughs> let's watch I don't it. Know, but I, I'm very looking forward to it, not necessarily for the, the story of it, but I want to see if I'm right, if I do remember parts of that movie. It's very possible. At least the beginning, because um, I feel like it it is what I'm thinking it is, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. I haven't seen it start to finish since I was a kid. Uh, w- once again, super cool VHS cover on this one. And that was like my criteria when I was a kid of mm-hmm. what I'm going to rent because I'm sitting there in the horror movie section. If you guys haven't listened to some of my earlier podcasts, how I truly got into horror is my allowance was my choice of either $5 or I could rent one movie slash video game per week. And the local video store had all of its horror movies set up in the corner, and my parents were okay with me renting them at a young age. So here was 10-year-old Phil just staring at all the glorious <laughs> horror movies and seeing which one had the coolest cover. Yeah. Like, Evil Dead 2 has a really cool cover with the skeleton kind of looking off to the side. Yes. So I was like, yes, I got to check that out. Wow, that sucks. Okay. Oh, Evil Dead 3. Ash freaking Jack Beyond yes. Belief with the chainsaws See, at hand. That looks that's awesome. That's why it looks familiar to me because I guarantee, I know I've seen at least the cover art for that. His, his boomstick. Yes. <laughs> he does. <laughs> that's one thing that I remember from the next one is he doesn't call it a shotgun. He calls it his boomstick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I remember that cover being super awesome. So I need to rent this. And that might be the last time that I saw it in full. I know. I have a memory of my dad watching it when I was on TV and just being like, man, this is stupid. (laughs) Man, I love those days going to Blockbuster and the video renting places and just browsing. I think that was the best part. Like, I I mean, I love the streaming. It's very easy. It's very um, accessible. Yeah, you browse in a different way, but loved, you don't have the same feeling when you pick up a movie and you bring it home. I just, I, I loved the the Friday night, Saturday night. Normally, it was Friday night um, for us as a family. We would go to Blockbuster and we would each get to pick a movie because we have a lot of people in our family, and of course, I would pick, you know, the the goodie, you know, the Casper, or not even. Um, I can't even think off the top of my head some of the movies, but I mean. I would pick the sappy kids movies. Even when I was young, like older, you know, uh, spoiler alert, I would pick even kiddier movies than probably what I should have been watching. A lot of Barneys, a lot of... um, Makes sense with you. (laughs) 
It's definitely Barney. I, I, I remember renting Barney's Grand Adventure like three times. And I mean, I definitely was older than what I probably should have been watching because it just was comfort to me. But I remember going in and, you know, as my family, we weren't necessarily allowed in the horror section. So, like, good for you for, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, it was different, too. I, I never had a blockbuster. I, I grew up in the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania. And uh, we had this tiny little family-run thing. And if it was an older movie that you were renting and you rented it on Friday, then you had it till Monday. So you That's had to cool. turn it in on Monday. Uh, new movies were 24 hours only, then they had to be turned back in. Um, and there were times, too, to where you could get, like, two movies for the price of one and stuff like that. Um, and I, I just stayed in my section, man. It was such a small <laughs> section that they had of horror. Like, I, I remember when me and you first got together and I was stationed at some base and they had a blockbuster. And I was like, oh, my God. And I went in and checked it out. And their horror section was fucking huge. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. It was literally 20 times what yeah. I had growing up. But I thought what I had was gigantic yeah. to begin with. Um, and the Evil Dead movies had really cool covers. And that made it to where I watched all of them when I was a kid, despite not even liking them. Yeah. <laughs> the first one I thought was okay. And that's kind of where I still stand. The second one... I remember not liking third one. I, th I think that I thought was okay. Um, we'll see what I think of it next. That that's going to be the next movie that we watch. We're trying to get through uh, the first four of them before Evil Dead Rises comes out, which is coming out relatively soon. I think that's like a week and a half. But thankfully, unlike Halloween, there are only four movies in this franchise. <laughs> so Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Evil Dead Army of Darkness, and then the 2013 remake. Now, there are shows, but we're definitely not diving into those. I can barely commit to a single show to begin with, let alone watch an entire series yes, for there's this. there's many series that I can name on one hand that you've started with me and have not finished, and then I have not been able to finish because I keep waiting on you. <laughs> so, long story short, uh, in the age of streaming, this is something that I will probably never throw on again in the age of... Uh, 1995 Little Phil in a horror movie section that consists of maybe 40 tapes. I probably rented it two two times, maybe three <laughs> times. Uh, this is something that I don't recommend, but if slapstick comedy with a horror edge is your type of thing, then this is definitely something that's for you, I guess is the best way that I can describe it. Uh, so up next will be Evil Dead, Army of Darkness. Once again, if you enjoyed today's show, uh, I don't know how you would, but if you do, uh, please leave us a rating. Uh, really, really helps us out more than you could imagine. If you stuck it out for 50 minutes of this, you probably do enjoy it. It takes you five seconds. Uh, Put some words in it, like, hey, we really enjoyed the bantering back and forth, something like that, so that other people can, can find us, because... I'm having a blast. This is fun, even though you jerk my chain. It's a blast. <laughs> and if you love this movie, like I know so many of you do, comment on one of our posts what it is that you love about this movie. Yeah. What, what specifically in this the comedy things that this movie does uh, is your favorite? Do you like the scene where he's laughing with the lamp 
<laughs> which is fucking ridiculous. But I can see like how you can the like that. Ken doll of Ash or the the dancing, <laughs> the dancing Linda. headless Linda. Yes. <laughs> uh, so th- there's a lot of different scenes, but if you love this one, let me know why. Uh, and can you see how somebody can hate this movie despite loving the genre? Uh, does it make sense to you after hearing me and Stacy bitch about it for 56 minutes about how definitely not her favorite? But for you, you talked a lot of negative, but you still gave it close to average. I, so I, I think... said I didn't hate the movie. The The way that my rating went up is because of the comedy. I did yep. enjoy the silliness of it. Gotcha. And in the beginning of the movie, because I was so confused, that is why I was rating it lower and then as the movie went on i was like all right i am going to give it the exact same rating that i gave the first one but for different reasons gotcha okay so let us know in the uh, socials what you thought of it and we're looking forward to talk to the next one so till next time i'm phil and i'm stacy this is the horror strategy podcast we'll catch you next time